explain like my wife's not like a crypto person so she doesn't like she's not been in the in the space like you know i have and so she's still kind of learning and like so <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't figure it out that like in a bear market you gotta like you gotta rip stuff, you know you gotta pull it in a bit you know what i mean you gotta like yeah ah, every God. two dollar crypto token spent is like twenty dollars in the right, future exactly you, you, like, you like don't want to burn that cap bag of chips you must be high i don't i don't want barbecue chips that much that i want to spend twenty dollars on them or, or whatever right like <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh, Chad Bearford, uh, the bear market blues. We could barely afford anything here at the Crypto 101 <laughs> podcast. We hope everybody's having an awesome uh, start to their day. We did decided to do a little cold open here. Uh, got the energy moving in the in the backstage. Decided to just get things going. Uh, Chad, thank you for joining us here at the Crypto 101 podcast. Uh, how are you doing? You are sweating your uh, your hiney off in a small little WeWork phone booth. It looks like. Yeah, I had a, I, I had to jump into WeWork for, for, for this evening, but uh, yeah, it's hot and there's like there's a fan, but the fan doesn't actually do anything. It's just it's just it's just there for <laughs> it's just there WeWork. for show. It's just there for for show to make sure it all looks cool. <laughs> it looks like there's a small sun right outside your uh, right yeah. outside your door. Yeah. I wonder if I could like I don't a small could, nuclear reactor. I don't know. This, is this better? Is this yeah. worse? I don't. I don't know. You guys tell me. Yours are the That's better, actually. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm loving it. Okay, so, Chad, tell us about your journey here in crypto. How'd you end up uh, becoming a, a key member of the Thor Chain ecosystem? Because this is a big coin. This is like a top fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, yeah, for sure. It's it's been a, a long time coming, and, and it's been a lot of work to get to get here, but. Uh, I mean, for me, like I started um, I, many years ago in, in 2017, or it feels like many years ago at least. Um, I decided just basically, I've never seen the world. I decided to travel the world, and so I sold most of the things that I owned, and just you know put the rest in some small storage thing, and then just put on a backpack and just started going around the world. And I, and one of the very first places I went to was Croatia, and I met these two guys there, all the fellow backpackers, and they were just talking to me about Ethereum and Bitcoin and these kind of things. I'm just like, hmm. And as a software engineer, I was already kind of fascinated about the mechanisms and how it actually was like worked. And so I ended up spending, I, was, I went to Lisbon for a while, and I was just like ate and slept and didn't really leave my, my apartment much. And I started just like writing, building a blockchain from scratch, right? Just, just to as a sand like an academic sandbox to understand the mechanisms that play just casually like, build a blockchain just casually <laughs> build a blockchain because like, it's a good way to learn like if you want to learn how a car, a car works like you know just go ahead and just build a car build a car like you'll learn a lot i just it. watch youtube videos i guess others are more curious than i am <laughs> <laughs> i mean i love youtube videos too don't get me wrong at all but just like if i want to learn to actually understand the mechanics at play and i i built this silly stupid blockchain that's useless uh, that it was proof of work at the beginning, and then I changed changed the proof of not authority. Thor not Thorchain, not Thorchain. No, it was just like it was just like an academic kind of sandbox. Well, proof of concept, to, just proof of concept, just to play around and just like test ideas and con- different consensus mechanisms, and just like oh, I'll try this and I'll try that and I'll break this. You weren't like selling tokens to the public. And no, saying, no, no, hey, no, nothing like this. That, yeah. I mean, it's open. It's actually on my GitHub if anybody wants to check it out or whatever. I mean, it's it's shit code to be honest with you. It's it's, it's, a, it's a playground, <laughs> right? It was just a, a just a fuck around and try different ideas. And, yeah. it's, it's a piece of shit to be honest with you. But like it's a word document. Uh, well, yeah, 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 it was. That's not very good. <laughs> Quality code, but it was just meant just to experiment and try and just like understand the mechanism of play and like actually implement it myself just to help me fully understand the the logic, right? And so once I did that, I just like I became like, wow, this is like this is huge. Like this this changes structurally so many things of society in such significant ways. And I'm lucky enough that I found it like 
what I could hope to think is, is somewhat early enough. 2017 is not that, that early, but early enough, I suppose. And like, there's so much like just missing infrastructure and missing, like just, it's like a little tiny baby infant, you know, a little thing that hasn't even matured yet. And I was lucky enough to use whatever brain juices I have and skill sets I have to just dedicate myself as an entrepreneur that's been building things for like a long period of time and just, and just kind of thinking of ideas and just building shit out and just having fun while doing it. I just thought that my skill set could be quite useful here and maybe I could build something of real value or real importance or really, you know, something that can contribute to the, to the, to the industry and ThorChain ended up being that thing. Wow. And, and so, so ThorChain, so when, when this th- whole thing started, who was there? Like who was with you starting ThorChain in the trenches? Yeah. So the earliest versions of ThorChain was actually in 2018. Right. And there was a small group of people, um, I think like just like two or three kind of like co-founders, if you want to call them, call them that. And they, they kind of hired an external team to, to, of devs to try to build this thing out. And it really didn't work out so well. I mean, some of the, uh, like threshold signature didn't exist yet. Cosmos didn't really quite exist yet. Like it really didn't have the, the technological or, or, or uh, cryptographic maturity required to build this kind of, you can't just like build this thing in a smart contract. Like, like just fundamentally would never work. And so like it didn't really quite work out so well. And so they, the, the idea was just kind of like canceled, you know, all right, move on, like whatever. And so in 2019, the following year, I met one of those early stage co- uh, co-founders and we were, di- we were interviewing, he was actually interviewing me for a job as like a CTO of a new crypto project. And he was just like, Hey, I had this, like, we have to build this thing together at a, we have a hackathon in Germany. And he's just like, Hey, like, this is basically your job interview. Let's like work together for a couple of days. Let's, and then we'll figure out if you're a good fit for this, you know, CTO role. And then like, what are we going to build? I'm like, I don't know. Well, what, what, like, what should we build? And he was just like, well, I had this idea like last year that was really like, pretty cool. Like, like this idea of like, you know, cross chain swaps. Like we would just start like hacking it on this thing. I'm like, yeah, sure. That sounds like a great idea. Let's, let's start working on that thing. And so then like within two days, we had like a very early, not fully functional yet, but like early kind of the code and the basic logic kind of more or less working at that point. And then from there, we just started like, this could actually work. We've had special signatures. We got, you know, Cosmos SDK. We get all the, the, the components we need. We have the technical sca- skill sets to do so. And then, you know, Bob's your uncle. And was there like an economic mind that was driving the tokenomics or were you guys all just like computer scientists and just, you know, coding away. And then all of a sudden you realize like, oh my God, we need tokenomics. And then, you just slapped it on like a bumper sticker. <laughs> no, actually, the, the tokenomics, uh, or at least some of the tokenomics, was already kind of figured out and ironed out long uh, before I joined the project in 2019. And so, like things like the slip-based fee model, well, I think we're the only ones to actually use this this design. It's actually highly innovative, right? It's actually very, very highly effective, both in 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 uh, stemming volatility. Right, I mean price manipulation. It's also very f- f- good at, at producing high quantity of fees, but low, uh, high uh, low fees, but a high quantity of, of yield for LPs. And it also makes it like mathematically impossible for to do MEV attacks, like sandwich tax, for example. Like the, we had solved MEV like fucking two three years ago. Everybody's still arguing about it today, like like idiots. But like the problem's been solved from Thorchain's perspective. It's not even practical or possible in part because of the economics. But I mean, there was more economics to be created about like 
Asgard vaults and Yggdrasil vaults and like other things that came into play about economic security, blah blah blah, all these things. But like it was, it was uh, a lot of the math was kind of already ironed out, uh, you know, at the time that I that I joined. Well, at least some of the math that I just said. Interesting. What was the inspiration for the name Thor Chain? <laughs> um, What's the story of the drunken night that you guys decided this is it? <laughs> so the, the name already existed at the time that I that I uh, got involved. The name came from because one of the the guys uh, early guys were um, just fan fans of Norse mythology, right? And so he he actually has built a few different projects, and some of those projects actually have Norse mythology naming to them. It's actually some of the biggest like coins uh, this person has been involved with, and like not some of the like the bitcoins, not big as a bitcoin, but just like alt in general. Um, and so that, that was just like a, a fan of, of Norse mythology and we just kind of latched onto the idea and it became like a very useful name just because of the memeability of it. Like having all these like Chris Helmsworth, you know, you know, animated gifts or whatever, memes, whatever of him, like hitting us, you know, <laughs> hammer out and killing a bunch of, you know, creatures or whatever. Like actually made it very memeable, which actually was very, uh, um, useful in terms of like getting the, 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 the grassroots to grow and, and, and get the name out there. No, I, I love the name. There's nothing like it. Um, and you guys have such a strong community. Um, and you guys got the little Rooney tokens. Uh, which, yeah. <laughs> you know, people like. I don't know. It's fun. With that. Like Tezos has Tezzies. Yeah. It's just fun to say. We got Roonies. Um, <laughs> uh, on a completely separate note and uh, thought process that just hit me, as, as you're talking about your GitHub, you're like, hey, check shit out. It's open source. The whole world. Uh, could, could kind of see it and use technology, right? ThorChain is completely open source. Anybody could run an instance of it. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. Okay. 100%. So hypothetically speaking, uh, you wake up one day, you roll over, you're, you're scrolling through Twitter, and, and you read a headline that says, uh, North Korea found using ThorChain, mm -hmm. or something like that. Yep. And, you know, it's open source technology. Anybody could use it. Um Bad people take agnostic technology to, to bad ends. Yep. As a founder of a technology like this, how do you think about this? What um, happened? Like, yeah, you know, so what, 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 do you have to shut it down or no. can you shut it down? No, no, no. Hell no. Uh, well, I mean, first of all, I, I couldn't shut it down. Even if I wanted to shut it down, I literally would not have the ability to do so. Um, but my personal view is that, and I think a lot of people agree with me on this view, is that uh, the network should be amoral, right? It should be without morality. It shouldn't view this swap or that swap as a good swap or a bad swap or or whatever. That creates so many problems. I mean, a lot of subjectivity, a lot of subjectivity, <laughs> governance issues, like blah, blah blah blah, all these things. A public good network in general, whether it be Bitcoin or whatever, should be just something that exists in the world only to serve humanity and has no preferential treatment over character a versus like a piece character of nature b. piece of like a piece of nature like you know, like if you eat an it's like a volcano it could be good but it could be bad yeah if you if you eat an apple the apple doesn't care if you're a terrorist or or not right <laughs> nor, nor would we right. ask the apple like don't give nutrition to the terrorist only to like my friends or whatever it be that would be rather silly and stupid right and to me like crypto or, or, or public good not networks in general should have the same mentality if you want to put morality on it as humanity does as a, it's not a thing that exists within computers i think it only exists within the the, the consciousness of humanity like, it doesn't exist actually in nature it doesn't exist in computers it only exists within the subjectivity of like 
the human, the, the psychology or the consciousness of humanity. If you want to do that after the fact and you want to like say, okay, we're going to use Thorchain for swaps, but we don't like Dogecoin because Dogecoin's this, or we don't like Xcoin or whether not to pick on Dogecoin or anything, but like, then don't put it in your UI. And if you want to do that, then fine, have fun, whatever. Right. If, but like the code, the protocol itself should, should be just completely agnostic to these things. It shouldn't care about the, like the, what I call the meat space, like the meta space, like the, the, the meta, metaverse and the meat space. Like it shouldn't care about what people think within like these kind of things. It should just operate in the best interest of the network and its participants. And do you think that's genuinely the way that the world will be progressing? Do you think that that's a future that's inevitable? Because those open ideas and, the, you know, we're a crypto podcast. We obviously believe that, but there's lots of resistance, i.e. Yeah. governments and borders and all this kind of stuff. Who likes to stem the flow of open permissionlessness and all that kind of thing? So that's do you true. feel like you butt up against a lot of resistance? Um I mean, obviously, we don't know for 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 certain, but I, contrary to I think what other people might think, I uh, or, or common mentality is, I am actually pretty bullish on the idea that like regulation uh, won't be uh, as big of a thing as people think it may be on DeFi or, or whatever, just because uh, if you look at the history, that um, for example. Um, um, in the 1990s, there was this little, what they call crypto wars, right? Because in, in, during World right. War II, it was determined that cryptography was a municipality. It was a, a, a weapon of sorts. And so it needs to be protected and, and it couldn't be, it had to be regulated, blah, 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 all these things like that, right? And it wasn't until 1990 did somebody create um, uh, this guy named, uh, I think, I can't remember his last name right now, blinking on it, but he created GPG. A GPG, which is pretty good protection. And that was like the first time that you were able to like encrypt something with a very like ease of use. And which from the government's perspective, like, oh, this becomes a tool for terrorists, right? And it became this big giant like war that actually like literally happened politically speaking within the United States of America. You had these kind of anar not anarchists, but these crypto kind of like uh, punk people who are just like, no, information should be free. I should be f able to have privacy if I want to and be able to encrypt my files if I want to or whatever. And they started doing all this crazy thing about like printing the code into actual books, like physical books, because it's now part of free speech because it's like in a literal fucking book. And then it became this huge battle between the governments wanting to have backdoor keys like into all the encryption like technologies. It like, People at MIT who are inventing, like RSA, for example, were being threatened by the, by the NSA and the CIA about, like, if you release this, it'll be considered to be, like, a, a threat to United States' best interests and blah, 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 all these kind of bullshit. And so, like, there was this entire process. But then eventually, the United States of America just said, okay, we're not going to, like, you know, limit encryption, right? Because it, was, it became – and by not doing that and not limiting encryption, it created entire economic systems like what we call internet commerce, for example. The ability to log into a web page because you can now have the ability to do so, to be able to SSH or, or connect to a server using RSA encryption, right, became like readily available for everybody, which empowered massive quantities of like corporations, economic uh, uh, systems and, and economies to do – wonderful and amazing things which we now consider to be the internet right and then within the internet we even have things like like email protocol like you know email protocol is as an open standard it's not regulated right it's not like 
doesn't force everybody to do KYC who's providing a, an email service. Like that's not that's not done at all. So there's so many examples within like our real world where you know cryptography and cyberpunks, if you want to call them that, win out. Right. I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen here. How could I reasonably say that? But I, but I'm just more bullish on it. I mean, the ability for, for government to, to like shut down smart contracts and and and, and protocols and DeFi protocols and this kind of stuff is it's getting increasingly difficult, especially as commerce is becoming more aligned. Like as like more companies like Tesla and, and Square and whatever start holding Bitcoin and interacting with these DeFi protocols, like that just creates more like political pressure on governments to like not get in the fucking way and create massive problems and and and, uh, and hinder innovation, hinder experimentation. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yeah, that's a great answer. Um, and if they were, it's just going to make a more dangerous environment because people are going to want to, they're going to do what they want to do anyway. Yeah. Uh, which has been proven across many, many different industries. Uh, prohibition right. of crypto would not work. Right. And, and, um, and not, not, not to mention that like just because something is regulated, right? Doesn't mean that's like it becomes safe for everybody to use. Like FTX mm. was a regulated exchange. What the fuck happened there? Right. Like, <laughs> Versus something like ThorChain, which is completely solvent and it's provably solvent in any given moment. Anybody in the world can like just actually just look at the wallets and look at the balances and the, like that's just you don't need to regulate that because it's, it's already in a sense like self-regulating just by proving that it does what it does and anybody can on yeah, the as true as it comes. As true as it comes, you only need actually regulation for like humanity because hum- humans are the dangerous element here. Humans doing like like. Think, make, and free, SBF, like all the shit that he and Alameda did t- together, like 
you need to regulate that shit because then you have corrupt motherfuckers who are just like taking people's money from them, which that, you know, probably should be regulated. Like regulating humans is probably an important thing to do. But DeFi, there's no humanity. There's no human risk to these systems. It's only a protocol risk. And so, and mm-hmm. what these things do and how they act and how they perform, and it's just publicly open. There's no, there's no secrecy here. There's no hidden, you know, buttons or whatever or something like this. Like everything's transparent. You got to admit, it is a little esoteric to be able to figure out, like you know, like for me, I'm not completely savvy with how to code. If I were to go look at and check the solvency of Thorchain, it would take me a lot of ninja super work to be able to get but like, that. But for example, like like you and I probably both believe that the Earth is round, right? As a yes. common, common, we both believe. <laughs> But how do you and I know that it's round, right? Like, you know, have we actually gone Take a lot the, of people's word for it, right? Yeah, like we, 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 we rely on scientists to provide facts and information and, and a con- to, to develop a consensus of if the earth is flat or round, for example, right? And so the same thing happens with Bitcoin, like taking Bitcoin as an example, like it has over 800 Bitcoin core de- de- uh, developers have contributed to that code base. Tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions, who knows, people who have actually looked, read, audited. And so because it's been done so many times by very smart devs that we, we can we can build a confidence on it because if there was some sort of massive like backdoor that Satoshi could just mint himself like 10 million Bitcoin in a given moment. Somebody like, would have caught on. Somebody would have caught on by that and we, that would have been you know proven to the world and we would have known it. But obviously Satoshi doesn't have that ability to do so and just because he's proven that he doesn't have the ability to do so by showing the code to hundreds of thousands of people around the world, right? So like it's not like you don't have to be a dev to 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 trust it in some sense because the community as a whole will validate that it's real. Yeah, no, that's a really good explanation. Um, but spe- kind of backtracking a little bit uh, into how protocols have technical risk, or I think you said protocol risk, yeah. right? It's built into you know all of these networks, and we've seen um, a litany of hacks right this year across particularly bridges um and maybe even you know direct competitors to thorchain could you tell us a little bit about how you have navigated the choppy waters of running or of having of operating this kind of bridge network uh, while a lot of competitors were laying to waste yes uh there's many attributes to this to this competition it's actually a really fascinating topic i think Really, from my pr- perspective, the reason why bridges, specifically in the last like year or so, have been like exploited so many times, is because they have huge amount of risk to that. They have both the risk of CFI and the risk of DeFi like combined together, right? Because a lot of these bridges are just like a few guys running it together, you know, in their in their in their like on an AWS cluster or something like this, and like that's how it's run. So you have the, the CFI risk of those individuals who have control over the keys to, to steal. Like there was, I think in the, I think it was, I want to say it was Wormhole, but maybe it was, maybe it was a, a different one. But the, the Ronin Bridge. The Ronin Bridge for, is a good example of that, right? Like the guy downloaded a PDF that was malicious that was going to give him a job offer or something like this, and, he, and then like most of the keys were like taken from his laptop, whatever it was, and then all of a sudden all the funds were gone. Like That's what we call C-fire risk, right? There's like a humans have access to all the funds, and it can be very malicious if they chose to be, or just download a malicious... Accident. Even. Or just download a 
a malicious PDF by accident, and like all the funds are gone. In addition to that, you still have code being executed, right? You still have code of like the protocol risk of maybe there's some sort of bug or exploit. And we've seen that in the bridges as well. And so most bridges have this both the CFI risk and the DeFi risk concatenating together to create a much higher risk, also having massive honeypots of like $600 million worth of various assets in the Ronin Bridge or the Wormhole Bridge or like what have you. In ThorChain's case, it's very different though. There's no CFI risk. There's DeFi risk. There's protocol risk. Absolutely. And in the very early days of, of, of the early, uh, very early days of the, of the beta of ThorChain, we had our own DeFi related exploits that, that had happened, which of course we patched and fixed and like and carried on. Right. And in those days, and then, like, in, in that case, just to backtrack real quick on that point, do you guys fork the code and like, delete the hacked coins or how does that kind of work no no we didn't do anything like that but the the treasury just uh we have a treasury that was worth uh, some money at the time and we 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 basically put the money back in like we Mm. we as a as a a dev team we have access to our yeah we basically just like you know x number of dollars were stolen from the, the pools and we just said all right well there's a bug we fixed the bug and then we put the X dollars back in just from our own, from our own treasure. So that you just never didn't actually gotcha. experience any actual losses, which is what with the treasury was designed to be anyway, right? That's why we limited it in the early days of that beta. We limited the amount of capital that we allowed into the network. We didn't want to have mm-hmm. like a billion dollars on day one. That would be completely like ridiculous. And, and, and like a lot of the Alameda farms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't want to expose yourself to protocol risk with high quantities of volume in the early days of a project. That, that, that's just, that's being what I consider to be that to be irresponsible because the protocol risk is the most high in the earliest days of the, of the, of the execution of that protocol. That's why ThorChain was exploited in the earliest days because that's when the protocol risk is most high. And then over time, you're, 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 you're making code changes and, and bug fixing and solidifying things and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And over time, you have more and more confidence that, that the code is good, hard, secure, all those things. And so we, we expected that, which is why we capped the liquidity of the network so that when funds were stolen, it wasn't a $600 million, you know, in the wormhole or, or, or Ronin tech. It was just like, I think like 10 or 15, whatever the hell the number was, I can't remember the top of my head. And so we had the capital to do so. And we just like paid back the users and then like fixed the bugs and carried on. And then since then, we've, we've created a series of really significant like security impl- uh, implications to the, to the protocol to make it hyper, hyper secure. What do you think the grand vision is for, you know, security in DeFi? Is it running uh, transactions through something like the Shintu network that was built by Certic? Or is there going to be um, maybe like uh, RPC nodes that automatically have, you know, certain filters in them like antiviruses do in computers now? Like what's the next evolution of DeFi security in your mind? Um. I think where we go wrong in general in DeFi is that DeFi projects in the early days should be, um, have a layer of control on top of them, right? To be able to pause trading, for example, right? If there's some, some sort of exploit that, you know, an LP can add liquidity and then remove more than they added, like you need to be able to pause that so that you can fix the bug, you know, deploy it and then carry on in the early days. Right. Eventually you don't need that anymore and you can just like delete it and whatever. I think that's one thing that we, that we, that very few DeFi protocols don't do that they should do. 
especially in the early days when you're like, when you want to protect people's valued assets, right? That's the first thing. The second thing I think we do wrong as a community is that we rely on audits. Audits are not as effective as people think that they are, right? If you go to like, you know, wrecked, you know, news, whatever, and you see all the people that like, that got all the contracts that got wrecked or whatever, like a majority of them, a vast majority of them have been audited by several teams, right? And, and in my own personal experience of working with auditors, like they are not, they don't do it like a really good deep dive in my opinion. They don't go into the depths. They just kind of like check it out and then like move it on. And they really don't do an effective job of actually auditing. So I think the better way of going at it that I would love to see more DeFi projects do is as we did, we decided to, to create our own security team. Right? And which what this is what they do in CFI all the time. Like if you get, go to uh, Coinbase, for example, they have red teams, blue teams, like and they have like a hundred fucking engineers that just like are constantly just making sure every shit everything's like locked the fuck down, right? We don't really do that in Great DeFi. visual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't really do that in the DeFi space in general, which is a, a bit sad. And I think that's one of the lessons that, that I personally learned when, when we got in our early days of our beta got uh, exploited. And so we created a dedicated security team that audits the code like continuously. Like we don't merge a single line of code unless it's been audited by the dev team and been audited by the, by the, the Thorsec security dedicated team that does that. In addition, they also like run the bug bounty and they also do like constant like, like probing of different aspects and co concepts and trying to secure like the, the chain, the, the supply chain, like all the stuff, the stuff. And I'm so glad we, we, we built that team. They've been doing actually a really great job. I wish more teams would do that, but we just focus so much on devs. We don't focus that much on security. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's a, it's good that you guys are kind of uh, sticking out like a sore thumb amidst a lot of the bridges because you do have that dedicated security team. Uh, yep. You guys have been very robust in terms of uh, security. So one of the things I wanted to pick your brain on uh, while we still had you, um, you guys, Rune Chain, or sorry, Thor Chain, the Rune Token. Uh, this is one of the largest cross-chain liquidity networks in crypto. So you've got a pretty unique vantage point. So I'd like to know what you see right now with all the liquidity issues that are going on that are both crypto specific as well as macro. Like we've seen a number of market makers just blown the fuck out in the past like yeah. six months. And yeah. we've also seen, you know, just generally rates, uh, US dollar rates rise. So there's a big hoarding of USD. Um, what, what, what do you, what's your vantage point here? Yeah. I mean, um, Bear markets in general are, are, are they do kind of ravish uh, liquidity just by tendency. And then if you, to, just to, just to make that even worse, we have this like contagious, massive contagion effect of like terror collapsing, which contributed to FTX collapsing, which caused FTX to this block to collapse, which caused Voyager and caused this, like this, this, like this contagion effect is significant, which obviously also has an effect on liquidity of crypto in the larger macro sense. So that's just the nature of the beast, right? That's how this, this shit fucking works. There's nothing that I can do about it, nothing that you can really do about it, other than just like ride the waves, like huddles and all that kind of shit. Um, <laughs> for us, like what we think about in terms of like liquidity is that we've our own, like our own TVL has been hit significantly from the bear market, the same as AM, uh, any other AMM, Uni, Sushi, you know, you name it, right? Um, for us, what we want to do to, to kind of help kind of counter that is we've recently launched what we call a savers feature, right? Which is basically like an earn product or, an, like, or, or an interest account similar to like what you might get on BlockFi where you just put in a, a single asset, let's just call it Bitcoin, and you earn more Bitcoin, 
like layer one Bitcoin. There's no rap bullshit, fucking whatever. Literally real Bitcoin on real Bitcoin earning. And by doing so, you provided a service that, you know, is hugely in demand, right? Like, like think about this, like, like as an AMM, you provide two different assets. And, and in Fortune's case, it's Rune and, and, and Bitcoin, for example. And, and LPs are like in a Venn diagram. They're like that little sliver in the middle. People who want to get Rune and want to get Bitcoin, that sliver in the middle, which is not a very big, like not a very big sliver. But by opening up to just like the Bitcoin people, which is this massive, like this thing is the size of a semi truck, right? Like in this kind of Venn diagram world, because Bitcoin's obviously super massive. It's the elephant in the room, obviously. And so by getting this, this group of people, like saying who love Bitcoin and want to, and want to have, just want to stack their sats and all that kind of stuff and saying, Hey, you can throw your Bitcoin into this network, not be exposed to the rune asset. I don't, you don't care if the rune price goes up or down or left or right or whatever. Hmm. You just earn sats from your sats. You have no impermanent loss whatsoever, right? And you just stack your sats. You don't have to do much. And you're earning right now. It's like a variable like, rate. Uh, it is variable rate right now. It's about like four or five percent somewhere like in between, right? Like that. If it's a hugely popular service and lots of people like, you know, YOLO into this kind of this kind of system, then the interest rate would obviously drop. So it's not like a fixed rate like we saw text, uh, at Terra, you know, which is uh, unsustainable. Twenty percent fixed. Twenty percent fixed rate. <laughs> that would that would be completely unsustainable and and and, and problematic in, in many respects. For Given like, that Bitcoin isn't a staking protocol, though, where's where's the new Bitcoin created from? For this year, I admit that my back pocket. I, I just 10%. have a, I have a Bitcoin machine in my back pocket that's means no. He's Satoshi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Satoshi, guys. No, no, of course not. No, so the the network has Bitcoin uh, Bitcoin pool where you can use to trade your Bitcoin for Ethereum or Bitcoin for USDC or Doge like a smart or, contract. Yeah, sort of. It's not actually a smart contract, but just it's a it's a liquidity pool, right? Where people can actually put in Bitcoin and get out Rune, put in Bitcoin, get out Ethereum, put in Ethereum, get out Bitcoin, whatever. And by doing so, they're they're, they're having they're paying trading fees, and so some of these trading fees go to you know you as a provider of savers, for example, or being an LP of the, of the pool, and that's how yield is generated. It's not fake yield where just like coins are minted out of fucking nowhere forever and blah 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 all these kind of things. It's actually real yield. It's actually people are paying fees to to use your service because you're providing something of value that other people are willing to pay for. I mean, imagine this idea, crazy, right? <laughs> and from that, actually, generate. Yeah, I mean, crypto is just like like staking in general in crypto. Just like let's well, just mint more coins for the purpose of minting more coins, and no one's paying for that. Nobody wants that. Nobody's paying. Nobody would pay me to stake my Cardano ADA into Cardano. Like nobody gives a shit whether or not I stake my ADA. <laughs> Who the fuck's paying for it? Well, I just printing coins out of fucking nowhere. This whole idea is just ludicrous and fundamentally stupid, if you ask me. But no, in Thorchain's case, we actually provide a valuable service, being able to move your value from Bitcoin to Ethereum or or whatever you want to do, and you're willing to pay money for it. And by doing so, you're generating the Bitcoin that people are getting for providing Bitcoin to the network. Simple as that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then 
Tell us about the genesis of the rune coin and kind of like, is there an infinite supply of rune tokens? Will they always kind of be inflating? Um, and how did this whole thing, um, how, how do people earn the rune tokens if it's not staking? Yes. Uh, so we, we don't really do st- like delegated stake as you normally see in the Cosmos world, just because it's it breaks economic security of the network, and obviously we don't want to do that. That's, that. That would be bad. So the rune token itself, uh, there's it is a max cap. It's 500 million uh, tokens. It will not go above that 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 quantity. The yield that is generated by the nodes or by the LPs in the pools or the savers or whatever that comes from uh, partially the reserve. Right, which is like a, a pool of 170 million rune out of that 500 million, so it's a, it's it's almost you know half or 40 percent or whatever all the number is, um, and so that is used to to kind of help kind of juice the yield of the of the early days, and then in addition to that, you also have the swaps that are happening that people are actually paying for. I mean, it's conceptually the same as Bitcoin. Like in the earliest days of Bitcoin. Um, each block would emit 50 Bitcoin per block, right? And you had to do that. Like if you, if you didn't do that and you said, okay, the miners are just getting the transaction fees, like Bitcoin would have failed, right? Like yeah, nobody would have mined. Nobody There's would no mine because you, you'd earn, you'd spend a bunch of money mining, but then you would earn like 0.00 cents, like whatever the hell the numbers, because like this, nobody's transacting and the fees are very cheap and like no, it wouldn't be practical, right? So you had to juice the yield of a miner in the earliest days. And so it's like 50 Bitcoin and like very little fees are being collected. And then over time it goes to 25 and 12 and a half and six point, you know, two, five, blah, blah, blah. And then during that time, the, the having the, the, the every like, four years are doing the having. And then also the fees are also theoretically, they should be increasing, right? They should, theoretically more people are using it. Bitcoin becomes more popular, more transactions, higher fees, blah, 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 blah. blah. And so the idea of a long-term is you start you, to, to bootstrap the network. You got to like mint some tokens, whatever. And then over like a hundred year time frame, Bitcoin is now like doesn't mint any more tokens and the fees are now paying the miners the, the their their yield that they want to they want to earn. And so Thorchain effectively is doing the same thing of like it's not an infinite mint like other tokens are. It's it's same as Bitcoin, it's it's actually capped. But we have 170 million kind of put away and it's emitting that into the as block rewards to the people who are providing liquidity to the nodes, like all this kind of stuff. And the fees are very like very small in the very beginning days of the network. And then over time, we hope the same thing kind of happens where we have more integrations and like Trust Wallet, for, for example, is integrating, which is going to generate a lot of fees. And, and that's nice. just going to create that kind of like process, right? So as the network gets more adopted, more integrations, more wallets, more DEXs, more this, blah, 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 blah. We get collect more in fees. The block rewards are going down over time, same as Bitcoin. And the fees are going up, same as Bitcoin. And in the end, we hopefully have a, a very sustainable network over hundreds and thousands of years. You, you kind of answered my, my next and uh, in, in kind of uh, penultimate question, my yep. second to last question, <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, which, which was kind of like, you know, tell us about the future of uh, Rune, the near future of Rune Chain in terms of partnerships and stuff. But like you literally just answered it like there's going to be more partnerships with wallets uh, like Trust Wallet, which is huge. Yep. Um, is That's there it. anything else that we we should hit on uh, before we kind of get to the closing questions? Sure. No, no. There's there's no shortage of things happening uh, in in the community, and uh, you know we're building just as just as fast in the bear market as we were in the bull market. Um, we have massive integrations happening. Like we do what we call a dex aggregation, so multiple dexes can connect to each other using Thorchain as a corridor. So you can do like a trade from like Uni USDC on Uni. And then gets traded to Ethereum, and then Ethereum comes to Thorchain. Thorchain goes to like Avax, 
we'll just call it AVAX, which then goes to Trader Joe or Penguin, which gets traded for like GMX token or something like this. Like all that's done in a single transaction, which is fucking ridiculous. So eventually every DEX has access to every other DEX's assets and liquidity. So every DEX has all assets, all chains, all like everything, the whole fucking it's kit a, a true utopia. A ch- yeah. And then it becomes very difficult for C5 to like be able to compete with that because it's only going to have a subset. And, and it's just, you know, if you don't know whether or not something's going to have your asset on it, you just go to the thing that always has basically all the assets, which is basically what this thing is going to do. That's massive. So we're seeing a lot of dex aggregations happening, like Trader Joe and Pangolin and more on the way. Like that sense, I mentioned Trust Wallet, like Ledger's coming, Edge already, Edge Wallet already did it. So much more, like a lot of wallets happening, some I can't even talk about. Um, that's like the integration side, right? Then we also have the Savers thing, which I just mentioned, which is also a big thing. That just launched a couple weeks ago. People are welcome to check it out, try it out, like earn BDC in your BDC or AVAX or Adam or whatever. That's massive. And then the next thing after that, which is also super massive, uh, is our lending design. It's like revolutionary, right? We're talking about a lending design that has 0% interest, no liquidations. You never get fucking liquidated. And there's no expiration on that loan. And so you have a lending design that actually is very, very low risk for the borrower. And they can actually use that thing to actually buy something in their lives like a car or something like this to improve the quality of their lives rather than this like these degen style loans where you get liquidated because the Ethereum price went down or like the interest rate just balloons variable rate to like 20 or 30 or 40 percent or whatever the fuck the number is that stuff is so risky and so impractical to use for like actual improving of people's lives that it's not really that useful unfortunately this lending design not only is it fucking cross chain like you can use layer one bitcoin and avax and doge and bnb and bitcoin cash litecoin avax like all these cho- these chains are support and these asset support you can use any of these things as uh, as collateral for your loan like that by itself is super Huge. massive like that, that's insane like we don't have decentralized loans of bitcoin in a proper way today like that doesn't exist right at least not in my opinion it doesn't really, not really exist and like not only that, but this loan is 0% interest. You never get fucking liquidated, and you never have to, like, the expiration is whenever the fuck you want to pay. Perpetual. Perpetual. Perpetual is a good word to use. But we don't get our degen fix. But <laughs> yeah. it, it's. It, Pizza it, Mind's it, palms are already sweating. I mean, it, it, it won't be a. You could use There's it. There's no for, chance I can lose. Why would I use it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could use it for DJ purposes if you really want to. It pro- honestly, it wouldn't be very useful in that sense just because the, the loan, the LTV, the loan, loan to value percentage will probably be very low on this lending protocol than it would be on. MakerDAO or, 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 you know, insert Ave or Compound or Compound, you, whatever no, the, the thing is. So it's not as useful as in a DJ sense, unless, unless you want to like 3x long your position on Bitcoin, which you can't do that on any of those other protocols for obvious reasons. But like this really useful in the sense of like people who want to have, to have their Bitcoin and invest in their Bitcoin or something like this and be able to use that capital high, much more efficiently to actually like, oh, I've got like, you know, one BDC or some quantity of Bitcoin or it might be, but I still want to be able to spend it and be able to like live my life and like not live like a hobo <laughs> with like, you know, with one pair of underwear <laughs> just because I'm just Look like... Look at so, my Bitcoin. I swear I can afford I, this coffee. Yeah. I know my car just got declined. <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> I'm not spending a dime because everything's going to like my sats or whatever. You can actually like legitimately use the system to actually... Get a loan, keep your Bitcoin, keep your price exposure, all these kind of things, and then be Here, able to live your life. Jack, 
Here's my request from Thorchain uh, is like a Visa card backed by this whole system. You know, you could deposit, you, you could deposit your Bitcoin into the Thorchain Visa card account. And uh, hey, somebody could do it. I, Thorchain wouldn't do that just because it's, it's Visa cards will require centralization, which is just not part of the in- intent or design of Thorchain. But if somebody, a centralized entity, let's just call them, you know, a TradFi company, right? They wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing stopping them. Thorchain's permission. I wonder if there's going to be a decentralized Visa card, or like you know, like instead of Visa, Mastercard, Amex. It's well, just yeah. like I don't know, a that's, DAO. That's crypto. That's right? exactly what AMP is building. Actually, the AMP network is designed to do just that. Cool. Flexa guys. So, yeah, uh, that's right, there. Well, cool. And there's a decentralized <laughs> wallet that has a Visa card attached and ciphered. We're going to be talking with them pretty soon, and uh, I think we'll have to say, hey. Uh, you guys need to integrate Thorchain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think actually make it. Dash has a has a credit card, too. not a credit card, but like a debit card you can use. You can so you can actually like yeah. I, it, it's kind of interesting. I haven't really looked into the inner depths of it per se, but like I think they have a system where that you can spend your spend your Dash in a way that's um, without being KYC or anything. This kind of thing. Tripping. Well, I mean, man, that's what I love the space. There's always something around the corner, uh, always somebody doing something. Uh, Chad Barraford, thank you so much for coming on to the Crypto 101 podcast and spending about 40 minutes with us here. Uh, I really hope you come back on the show sometime soon. Uh, maybe just to shit around. Maybe we'll talk about something constructive. I don't know. I love Let's your shit around. You got- I, I, I like to shit around, <laughs> man. That shit around's fun, fun as hell. Let's just do it. Fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, man. We'll stay safe out there. Uh, and we'll, we'll catch you around. Thanks, everybody, for tuning right. in today. Thanks for uh, having We've got some more guests coming. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.